children are now being dismissed to go with my wife. Are you going up to Brook? Yes. All right. All right, Nisi, you can go now. My big little granddaughter. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I guess it's not a good time to put a cough drop in your mouth when you're fixing to speak. I could see I'm up here really going and all of a sudden, right into her lap. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many ready for the word this morning? Thank you for those who, two people who said amen. All of you are going to get it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. Who can tell me what we've been ministering on here lately? What is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. The God who is more than enough. His name is El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. The God who is more than enough. And we took our time. We've been going through the Bible. And we saw when we went through the Bible that that's who he is. That's what he's about. He doesn't bring things to people to the measure they need. He always brings more because that's who he is. We get the revelation. That's who he is. He's the God who is more than enough. He's the God who is more than enough. He will be to you whom you know him as. He will be to you who you know him as. If you know him as El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, that's who he'll be to you. How many want to live in the land of more than enough? How many believe that's even possible? Can I even get to that place? Is it something that is God's will for my life? Let me tell you a little secret. If that is who my heavenly daddy is, as his child, that's where he wants me to live. But he doesn't want me to live there so that I am selfish. So all the focus is about me. So all I'm concerned about is what can I get next? What can I give next? What can I get, 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 get? That's not what it's about. How many know that our God wants us to give? How many know that, that that is a demonstration of our love? God demonstrated that. To, God showed us that. Amen. When he gave who? Jesus Christ. Well, hello, Christine. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Glory to God. For God so loved the world, this is demonstration of love, that he gave. He gave. I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you my very own son. And if you believe on him and what he's done, his redemptive work, you shall be saved. You shall receive eternal life. So when we have a mentality of giving, what we're really doing is demonstrating his love through us. I guarantee you that woman that came up, I mean, came here last week, Came up front. I don't know. She, I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to her. If she ever something like that's ever happened before, she walks into a church. Church doesn't even know him. She doesn't even share. And boom, we give him an offering for $1,800. What You know what I think's happening? You want, you want me to be really, 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 really real? You know what I think's happening? This church is catching it. This church is catching it. God will be to you who you know him as. It's not enough to just know him as your Savior. Of course we need to know him as our Savior. 
you need to be saved. But you also need to know him as your Lord. Oh, that see, now right there is a little bit different than being, his, being your Savior. How many know that the Lord is the one that basically, in a good way, where Jesus is concerned, but he lords over you? There are times where he will ask you to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. But because he is your Lord, you submit yourself to him and do what he asks you to do. You know how I've always learned, how I learned to, to, when God asks me to do something that my flesh doesn't really want to do, you know how I've learned to just yield to it and go for it? You want to know how I learned that? It's because I know my God will never ask me to do something that's going to put me in harm's way. He's never going to ask me to do something that's a detriment to my life. He is always setting this big boy up for a blessing. He's always positioning me to be more greatly blessed than ever before. More greatly blessed. I have no idea if that's good English, but I think you understood what I was saying. But how many know that sometimes people need to know him as their healer? You don't want to wait till you get sick to try to come to know him as your healer. You need to know right now that that's who he is. Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. Everybody say, I am. am. Not I was. Your healer. See, that's where, again, that's like, I got people, people. Other pastors come to me and try to tell me, God's not in the healing business anymore. Oh, yes, he healed when Jesus walked the earth. But now that he's gone to be with the Father and we've got the Bible, we don't have to have healings or anything like that. And basically what they're saying is God is no longer the great I am. He is the great I was. And that flies in the face of what the Bible says. See, I don't care what people tell me when they say stuff like that to me because that's like water off a duck's back. That is, there's no way I'm going to agree with what they're saying because this is the foundation of my soul. This is the anchor of my heart. What does the Bible say? But when I see in my Bible that my Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means if he healed back then, he's still healing today. He'll be healing tomorrow. My God does not change. And I know him as my healer. I'm saying that for a reason. We need to come to know him in all these different aspects of who he is. And one of the ways we've been on, the thing we've been studying on, we've been focused in on, is that he's El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. Do you think that that's God's will for your life? To live in a land of more than enough. I've said this to you before. I believe it's true that God wants us to get to the place where we're able to do things for other people, for other ministries that are beyond the norm. God wants us This church, I I know, look around. You're like going, this ain't that big of a church, Pastor Dan. It's not a big church right now, but see, in my heart, it's a big church. And glory to God, the things we're doing right now, you know, based on the percentage of how many people are in here, this thing multiplying the amount of people coming in and all these other people come in, and all of a sudden, they catch it too, and we start giving more and more offerings, and those offerings start to grow exponentially. Oh, Hallelujah. I have ministers out there, I have ministry friends that I want to bring in here that are so anointed, so gifted. We're talking about Doug Jones. He's the head of, he's a teacher. He taught at Missoula Bible Church years ago. But anyway, he's the one that heads up the RMAI, which is what I 
you know, Rama's where I graduated from, and that's a part of the organization that I'm under. Love to have Doug Jones in here eventually. Love to have Tony Cook in here. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but oh my goodness, he's, a, he's just an awesome teacher of the gospel. I want to have Rick Renner in here someday. You want to be learning some good Greek language. How many want to learn how to speak Greek? Yeah. <laughs> but he is an excellent, excellent teacher, and I want to have And he's already said he's going to come. Mark Hankins, Trina Hankins. Oh, my, my, my. You wait and see what we're going to be doing in here. Woo, hallelujah. The point I'm trying to get across isn't, I mean, it, yeah, I want to have good ministers in. The point I want to get across is I want to be a church that's so blessed, we got to give it away. Find me someone to bless God. And I, 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 I shared this with you back when we started this, I believe it was back then. I mean, you look at a person like Michael Todd who's a pastor in Texas. I believe he's in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, in the Dallas area. But anyway, and I, I watched this service that he did, and he, what he did is he had people write down what they're believing God for, the dream they're believing God for. And all these different ones wrote down different things. And like, for example, he started like with this one guy that was on the praise and worship team who was believing God for a new set of drums. Not that big of a deal, but I guess drums are relatively... Expensive, how much do they usually run? Three or $4,000. And so he had the guy come up here, read what his dream was, and he said, there you go. And then all of a sudden, here comes a you know, brand new set of drums. They blessed him with a brand new set of drums. And then the next person comes up, and then the next person. And it just starts to get progressively larger, what they're giving away. And all of a sudden, the one that I just ministered, I mean, I'm crying. I'm literally bawling. When this happened, a family moved to come be a part of their church. And this family, in fact, he was talking about, Michael Todd was talking about, they, they came to the church and, and just moved there, and, and, and they didn't have a place to live in at that time. They're, they're, that was what they're believing God for. They're believing God. But the, there was two little girls, two little girls, one wrote, We're believing, I'm believing for a minivan. So my family can all get into that and travel together. So he had them come up, shared this, talked about how they showed up at the church one day. All four of them, the, the uh, 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 parents and the kids, were on the ground, on their knees, cleaning the floors. God blesses you when you're faithful to him. Hallelujah. He had them come up. After the little girl showed him, she had drawn a picture, them driving in a minivan. And Michael Todd said, here you go. Those are the keys to the dad, and up there's the picture of a brand-new minivan. Oh, my goodness. You talk about the place going, just erupting, just shouting and screaming. And they started to leave the station. He said, where y'all going? And, they, he, and he stopped them. He said, that was what this girl, your, this daughter asked for, was believing for. But show them the other picture. She held up the picture, and it's a new house. A new house. They're all in the house. One of, out of the, one of the windows, there's a little girl waving her hand. And Michael Todd said, here, those are the keys to a brand new house. Did you hear what I just said? A family moved to a church, to a place, moved to a place for a church because God led them there. 
And as a re result of their faithfulness to obey God and step out and go to that place and then show up at that place before they really knew anybody and start cleaning the floors on their knees, they ended up getting a new minivan and they ended up getting a new house. Now, why would that minister to my heart so much? Because, see, that's in me. That's how I am. That's how I want to be. I want to do this to a greater measure than ever before. I'm on a journey right now, friends, and I like it. That blessed me so much that we're able to bless Irene with a new vehicle like that. Glory to God. But see, I want to get to the place. Now, I'm thankful for what we did. But I want to get to the place where I hear about so-and-so who needs a new vehicle. And, and, and I'm not talking about a, a, a new used vehicle. I'm talking a new vehicle. I want to be able to take somebody and say, I heard you, Davey, I heard you've been looking for a vehicle. You've been faithful to this church. You've been coming to this church. And you do what you're asked to do. And God has seen that. And I have seen that. And I heard y'all are believing for a bigger vehicle now with a little baby on the way. And you need a bigger vehicle. And I say to David, come on, come on. Go ahead, bring Kirsten too. But bring the, y'all come, y'all show up at this, 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 auto dealership and when we get there I say how's it going and they say oh I'm doing good and, uh, and I give her a hug it's like I said to her today starting to feel the bump now when I give her a hug but anyway listen and say to them go ahead and go and they say what do you mean Pastor Dan just go you find you a vehicle in this car lot that you like I'm going to buy it for you right now is that possible is that possible? Is that possible? Oh, thank you, Jesus. We should be walking around this planet as Christians, demonstrating to the world the goodness of our God. We should be living, living billboards that just proclaim, my God is real. My God is good. My God blesses me. His, he is the God who is more than enough. And as his child, I'm living in the land of more than enough. Amen. And it doesn't stop there. It, 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 we have opportunities. We have other opportunities to sow into ministries that are preaching the gospel all over the world. I mean, that just gets me excited. Because... You know, when uh, Dana, I love when Dana comes because they always bring a video because they go all over the place. They're all over the place and, and, and ministering the gospel. And you see those people in there worshiping Jesus and having a good time. Worship. Well, I, I can't even speak their language, but I would still jump right in with them and have a good time because they're having a good time. But the point is to be able to sow that kind of money into his ministry so that they can do what? Go out and spread the gospel message wherever God leads them. I can't go to those places. My wife has been telling me that Cammie is saying that she wants uh, uh, Pastor Joan to go with her over to Brazil and, and, and help, you know, be a missionary when she goes over there. That's always been on her heart. And they're saying, well, you're going to come too. And I say, no, I'm not. Unless you can get me first-class tickets. I flew to Israel, and uh, listen, it was a brand-new jet. I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus, brand-new jet. I have leg room. 
15 hours on a plane. I need that leg room. I get on the plane, and it's like getting into a can of sardines. I mean, I was so, it was not an easy thing for this big boy for 15 hours. I would start, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I am. I would start to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, someone walked by and grabbed my, they had those where, you know, you can watch movies on this flight, and they would grab my seat and touch that screen, and all of a sudden, it'd get real bright. And i get awakened. <laughs> Thank you. And then they'd come by, and because, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I was on the, on the, <laughs> the aisle, and, so I can stretch my leg out here, my leg that had the knee surgery. And, I, I'm, I, and, and so all of a sudden, here comes my buddy, bump right into it. I when I was falling asleep. Needless to say, I did not sleep much on that trip, and that's why I said that about going to Brazil. I do not plan on going to Brazil, and of course, unless the Lord tells me to go, I will go. But it's going to take a miracle for to see this big boy go there. But my wife's excited about going there. Hallelujah. Bless her. Hallelujah. What did I get off on that? I did, so there you go. Anybody? 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 God wants us blessed. God wants you blessed. I know that there's been a negative connotation out there in the church world. That money is evil. And money is not evil. It's the love of money. If money is your primary focus, if you're seeking first money and not the kingdom of God, then your focus is wrong. But God needs us blessed. I heard one minister, I was listening to a message this weekend uh, talking about King David. And, uh, you know, at one point in time, when it came time to build the temple, him and his mighty men, it says that David, in today's, when you figure it out to today's amounts, how much he gave, I think it was like $40 billion King David gave to the building of the temple. Did you hear what I just said? I didn't say, I didn't say million, I said $40 billion. And, that, and then David said to his mighty men, so what y'all going to do now? I gave $40 billion. How much you going to give now? And they, listen, they got to a place, they gave so much, it kept coming in that they find, now get this, what kind of preacher would this be? They finally got to, they were giving so much, the preacher said, the, the, uh, they said, we can't take anymore. Stop. We, got, we don't have any more room for all that you're giving. Glory to God. Could you imagine that happening in here? I'm sorry, guys. We ain't taking up an offering today. We're going to, everything that comes in today, we're going to send off to the here or there or over there because we don't have any room for it right now in this place. See, I take God at his word. This is something that is so hard to grasp because, again, religion has seeped into the church world and has made it to the place where People get off into a ditch and say, you can't believe God wants to prosper you and bless you. Based on what? Over and over again, we see that in the Bible. God wants us blessed. He wants you blessed. He wants you empowered to prosper. He wants you empowered to succeed. That's God's will for you. He wants you blessed. Every say, God wants me blessed. Do you really believe that? Amen. It is not for selfish reasons. I, I, it kind of, it's almost like people who say these kinds of things have this, this false humility 
That, oh, if you're truly humble, you, know, you just need a little shock down on the other side of a railroad tracks, and that'll be good. That's all I need. As I will drive my broken down vehicle, wear my clothes with holes in them, and I go forth and say, hey, do you want to know my God? Seriously. It doesn't compute, does it? It doesn't compute. God wants us blessed. God wants you blessed. And it, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I tell you, people want to come against this. My, my daughter literally taught something along these lines. No, 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 no. She taught something else. But anyway, one of the people in her class, when she was, this was when she went to Heritage. And, and, and one of the young men got up and just was just totally coming against the prosperity message. That that is not the will of God. But my daughter said all that he said was based on religion, had nothing to do with the Bible. In other words, it wasn't something that was done in faith that was not written in accordance with what the Bible says. I'm going to stick with what God has said in his word. And I'm going to say this to you. If you're not there yet, if you don't consider yourself blessed, if you don't feel like you're getting you're that place yet where you're living in the land of more than enough, if you find yourself sometimes struggling to just make, make it through to, next, to the next month, don't get down on yourself. All of us are in a journey here. All of us are starting out. But I'm telling you this much. There are many in this room today, you're starting out a whole lot further than I was when I first heard this message. But now here I am. Ooh, and I, I see, why does it get me so excited? Because I take great thrill in blessing people. I love to bless people. I love to bless people. It is my goal to get to that place like that one pastor down in Texas. This is another pastor. Down, come on, God bless Texas. But anyway, <laughs> this particular pastor walks around with a roll of $100 bills. He just walks around. It's a huge church, but he still walks around the church saying hi to people, going up and saying, how you doing, and give them the money handshake. How would that feel? How would that make you feel? Well, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you think that would be wrong for me to do that? Do you think it would be wrong for me to go around and hand somebody a $100 bill and go over to this person over here and hand them a $100 bill? Or am I demonstrating the love of God to these folks? I want to share this. I think I've shared it before in here. But when I went to Rama, I used to work at Tippins, which was a, a pie pantry and a restaurant too. And anyway, I would get the pies. After two days, they chunked the pies. And I said, that's ridiculous. Me being the pie man that I am, let me have them. Well, what I started to do is I started to take them to school. And I, this is the truth. I said, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to give them to? And this happened over and over and over again. I'd walk up to somebody and hand them a pie, and they'd look at me, and they'd say, how did you know it was my birthday? I'd go up to somebody else, how did you know that it was my anniversary? Whatever the case is. It happened over and over and over again. And then, of course, there were always those people who were coming up and saying, hey, hi, hi, Daniel. You got any pies today? They wanted to get their pie. The point I'm trying to get is, what was I doing? Was I trying to manipulate them into liking me? That the fact that nobody liked me, so now I'm going to bribe them to like me with a pie? 
No, I was demonstrating to them the love of God. It's what this is all about. God wants you so blessed so you can give it away. He wants you to have all your bills paid and plenty left over, not only to put into store, but to bless. To bless the God who is more than enough. He is El Shaddai. I haven't even gotten into the first paragraph of my notes. Hallelujah. And I don't have that much, I don't have that many notes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The only way, the only way, the absolute only way that you're going to live in the land of the more land of more than enough is if you appropriate it into your life with your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. Friends, when you have a faith, when you are operating in true Bible faith, true Bible faith, a faith that is based solely on the Word of God, a faith that is its foundation is what does the Bible say, a faith that's based upon Bible verses that are rooted down in your heart that you've been feeding on by meditating in the Word and confessing the Word, a person who has this kind of faith, when they release that faith from their hearts, through their mouth, glory to God, they'll get results every single time. It is not a hit and miss uh, uh, proposition. It is always a hit proposition. You will always get results. And again, that flies in the face of religion. That can't be done. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. But that is not the Bible. Why are y'all so quiet? Just to be going, amen, Pastor Dan, praise your brother. That's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. The Bible says, in him, all the promises of God are yes, and in him, amen. That's what the Bible says. It says that all the spiritual, we have been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? then all of those spiritual blessings, those belong to you. But how do you get them into your life? With your faith. Are y'all seeing this? Praise you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, moving on today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where is, I have no idea how long I've been preaching. Oh, well, I got till 3 o'clock. <laughs> now, one of the ways you can tell whether a person is operating in real, genuine Bible faith is the moment they release their faith, they are full of joy, full of peace. Why would a person be full of joy and full of peace when they're operating in faith? Because they know their faith is based upon what God has said in his word. If God said it, that settles it. It's just up to me to believe it now. And God is faithful. He will always do exactly what he said he would do in his word. So as a result of that, glory to God. You don't have to sit there worrying and fretting, wondering if God's going to come through for you. You get excited. The joy levels begin to rise up. The peace levels begin to rise up. And it doesn't matter how long it takes either. Because as far as you're concerned, it's a done deal. I heard one minister say, that, say it this way. When you're traveling through life in your faith mobile, make sure and always check up on your peace gauge and your, and your joy gauge. 
person operating in faith, both of those gauges are going to be full. Have you ever been around a person full of joy? Have you ever been around a person full of peace? I was just going to say this. I'm going to look into the lights so nobody thinks I'm talking about them. When a person... I know for a fact that people who are full, people are full of joy and full of peace, those are the kind of people you want to hang around with. You want to be around those kind of people. But people who are constantly complaining, grumbling, all upset all the time, always, always promoting the challenge they're facing in their life, always talking about how hard things are, always talking up the devil. I don't want to be hanging around those kind of people. I'm just keeping it real. Uh, should we be people who go around with a frown on our face? I'm talking about Christians now. Should we go through this life? Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm in faith. I'm in faith right now. I just your home and God going to come after me. Is that real Bible faith? Can I, can I, Christine, I'm going to ask you to do something here in a moment. I want you to demonstrate to these people how a person full of joy should respond. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I, I heard this. There, there is a scientific study that proves out that a person who, who is, uh, begins to laugh, whether real laughter or fake laughter, the body doesn't know. That it absolutely, it stimulates something in your brain that makes you physically more charged. It gives you more energy. It helps you out in life. So when she sits there and goes, ha, 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 you might be thinking, well, now, okay, here goes, she's going to go, ha, ha, ha. Why don't you try doing it? Ha, ha, ha. I like to laugh. I have a good time laughing. I watch shows where I can laugh. Hello? Sometimes I'll have a picture of Davy. I pick it up and I know. <laughs> I won't say that. Anyway, praise the Lord. Full of joy. Full of peace. That's why I love being around my wife. I'm just being, cons- I'm, I'm, I'm totally, you know how sometimes people, parent, you know, couples don't like to be around the person they're married to. Be a person of joy and be a person of peace. And that, your spouse going to want to hang with you. I love to be around my wife because my wife is full of joy, full of peace. She, make, she makes me enjoy life, and she helps me toe the line. Because all of a sudden, she'll say, honey, ha, ha, ha. I say, I don't want to go ha, ha, ha. I, I want to grumble a while. I got, do you not know how much the bills are this month? Do you not know how much is on our checking account? You need to practice what you preach. You need to shut up. <laughs> but you need to Listen. Isn't it true? Do I really believe God and what he said in his word? Wouldn't I be the biggest hypocrite to sit up here and share these things with you but not live it for myself? I try to be somebody that people want to be around. I want to be someone that's so full of joy that people like just rub off on me and they start laughing. They don't even know why they're laughing. I want people to experience that peace in their home. I love it walking into a house where you know that person, that couple, whoever it is you're going in to see, has been operating in peace and joy. It's just something that's charged in the atmosphere. The love of God is in that place. But have you ever walked into a house where there, people have been in strife, been, been speaking unkind words, coming against one another, yelling, whatever the case might be? It's almost like you're going to that. You feel uncomfortable. 
Don't you? I'm not looking at anybody and saying that's for anybody in here. All I'm trying to say is we need to learn to adjust ourselves and yield ourselves to the Spirit of God who's in us and to the fruit of God that's in us. How many know that the peace of God is in you? You got the Prince of Peace living in you. I said you got the Prince of Peace living in you. You got to learn to yield to that peace. And joy is in you. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. How do you yield to peace? How do you yield to joy? In other words, how do you, I mean, it's in you, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't activate it, if you don't take advantage of it. It's called a fruit of the Spirit. If you don't pull one of those fruits of peace off of that tree, put it in your mouth, take a big bite, it isn't going to help you. You have to do something first. You've got to use your faith, at your hand of faith, to grab that piece of peace fruit out of you, put it up in your mouth and eat it. How did, then what, what am I talking about? I, you speak it out. I yield to peace. I yield to peace. You, I, people might think I'm the strangest fellow in the world. I don't care. Because, see, I operate in peace. I know people that go to bed and they don't sleep at all. They have things on their mind. They're tossing things around. They've been challenged that day, that week, whatever, and they're just playing things over in their mind. What if I say this and they do that? What if I do this and they do that? Oh, oh, oh. Is that helping you at all? Are you getting an answer when you're acting like that? So I made a decision, a quality decision, a long time ago. When I go to bed, I'm going to sleep in peace. And if things are trying to bombard my head and trying to get me to yield to that junk, I speak it out of my mouth. I yield to peace. I put my focus on Jesus. And I know as my focus is on Jesus, he will keep me in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. Perfect peace. Does that something, is it me? Everybody say peace. Say it again. Is this just me? When you speak that word, it's just like, ah, peace, peace, and there's joy. Hallelujah. Do you know that the joy of the Lord is your, you ever felt weak before? Have you ever been physically and mentally challenged to the point where you don't even want to get out of your bed? You just want to pull the covers up over your head and say, I ain't going to work. I'm not going to get up and do anything today. I'm just going to lay here in this bed. Do you want to know what your answer is? You need to get yourself out from under those covers, put your two feet on the floor, and listen, if you need to, you need to start dancing like David did. Smith Wigglesworth used to say that's one of the things he used to always do. For 10 minutes, when he woke up in the morning, he would start to dance before the Lord. And I'm not talking about just a little, what's up? You know, this is how, this is how I used to dance. I wouldn't move much, but I didn't have to move much. Never mind. Give me a Lord for saying that. I didn't mean that in a bad way. But anyway, but he said he would begin to dance like David did. He would spin around. I mean, this man was mildly used by God. He raised how many people? 19 people from the dead? Something like that. 17, 19 people. Begin to yield yourself to the joy that's in you. You got it in you. I don't know why I'm off on this, but I'm off on this, and it's good, and so just receive it. This is going to help you in your life. Can I go back? To, I was sharing earlier about uh, King David and how much he gave. A lot of people like, uh, will say they, that they want to uh, uh, dance like David did. A lot of times people want to say they want to slay giants like David did. 
But not too many people say they want to give like David gave. Just saying. Just, that was just for free. Joy is in you. I know for a fact that there are going to be times in all of our lives, including myself, where you don't want to get out of bed. When you know what awaits you that day, you have a choice. You can let your circumstances overwhelm you, and you can get disgruntled, discouraged, overwhelmed, or you can tap into the joy of the Lord that's in you. And as you tap into that joy of the Lord that's in you, know that you're receiving supernatural strength to be able to get up, take on that new day, and overcome anything that comes your way. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's available to you. It's available to me. I want to be, I, I be known as a person of love, first and foremost, but also a person of peace and joy and a big giver. Hallelujah. God has a place for you and me. It's called the land that's more than enough. And why would you be full of peace and joy if you're operating in faith? Again, this is so important to understand because you know God's got your back. You step out on faith, know this. God makes himself responsible for the result. Did you hear what I just said? God makes himself responsible for the result. In other words, you don't have to try to figure it out. I wonder how I can make this happen. No. You step out of faith based upon the word of God and let God do it. And all of a sudden, he'll move on somebody from your high school years way back then, and he sends you a check for $5,000. See, you know what that does for me more than anything else? It makes me know on the inside I'm doing something right. That God is tapping on people on the shoulder. I want you to get some money to them right now. But see, that person that sent it to me, he, he was just, how did he say it? I'm so blessed. I don't remember how he said it. Something along, he's, he's just tremendously blessed. And he wanted to be a part of this church. What, what's happening here? Glory to Jesus. We've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get over into faith and maintain our level of faith until the manifestation of what we're believing God for happens in this realm. Can I just share with you real quickly probably one of the greatest revelations I've ever gotten in my walk of faith? And I want you to hear this. Faith involves two realms. Faith involves two tenses. You know what I mean by tense? Past tense, present tense, future tense. Faith involves two realms and two tenses. When you step out on faith based upon the word of God, you receive immediately what you're believing God for in the realm of the spirit. Okay? But then it will manifest in this natural realm. That's the future. Happens immediately in the realm of the spirit. Happens immediately when you pray. And then it will manifest in this natural realm. So there's two realms, two tenses. Do you see that? That has helped me so greatly. The thing about it is, is, is that the Bible does not clearly tell us, and I, I've never been, I've never heard it. I don't see it in the Bible. How long it takes from the time you release your faith to the the time it's there, it is. It manifests here in this natural realm. God, it's just not told how long that takes. And that's why the Bible says it's with faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. What do you do in the meantime from the time you release your faith to the time it manifests? Remind yourself of God's faithfulness. 
Remind yourself constantly of God's faithfulness. He did it before. He'll do it again. He's always come through for me. He'll come through for me once again. Keep yourself stirred up. And then, because especially if it takes time. You know, time is one of the biggest faith killers. And it's not necessarily time itself. It's that people give up because so much time passes. But that's where, again, you're going to remind yourself of the, 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 yeah, that's what she did. She reminded herself of God's faithfulness and received strength to conceive after the, the past, after past, after being past the age of childbearing. She reminded herself of the faithfulness of God. This is something I'm, I'm telling you this is going to help you. And you need to keep on checking out your gauges in your faith mobile, your peace gauge and your joy gauge. I would say this to the, this is probably another area where most people, well, I don't say most, a lot of people miss it, is once they begin, once they release their faith, they don't keep that word before them, the scriptures that they released their faith based upon. You need to keep that word before you. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's something you're continuously doing. You're hearing the word. You're hearing the word. That's why I say to you all the time, coming to church one time on Sunday is not enough. You need to be in the Bible constantly. You need to be feeding on the word constantly. I love the Bible. I'm serious when I say that. I love to read the Bible. God is showing me stuff all the time. And I've read through the New Testament I don't know how many times. Probably hundreds of times. I love the Bible. I'm a Christian. You should love the Bible because you're a Christian. I said this to you last week, I believe it is. It was that it gives you spiritual sustenance. It gives you spiritual strength. It renews your mind so that your mind thinks in line with his, his thoughts. Amen. God has given us the way to think like he does. Have you ever seen the scripture says his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? Because right there it looks like, well, how could I ever think like God thinks? He's given us the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the truth of the Bible that gets in there and renews our minds, gets the stinking thinking out, gets God's thinking in. Are you listening? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Woo. I'm going to stop. I got through one page. Thanks a lot, Kelby. You're going to have to start moving to the back, dude. I can't have you sitting here, man. He's always getting on me because I don't get very far. Um, I am going to, um, I'm going to say something to you, two things, two things, <laughs> I would make four. Anyway, um, number one, last week, I believe it was, I mentioned about, oh, I believe I have the direction the Lord has for us, talking about our identification in Christ. That is not the direction God wants us to go in. And I know that's not that, probably that big of a deal to you. That was for me personally. He wants me to go back and review that for myself personally. I think you should anyway. But anyway, um, what I believe God is doing and the direction God is going to be taking us next is faith in the power. Faith in the power. God's power. Faith in God's power. And um, I've already started to study it out. And oh, my goodness. What God has been showing me. Ooh. So we, we just did a series talking about faith in the blood. We're now on this series about El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, but the importance of us appropriating into, into our lives with our faith, and we're going to start talking about faith in the power. 
ooh, I'm, I'm so excited. And see, God's called me up on this. Because he, he, he said, because I, I just read in James, the book of James, faith without works, it really means faith without corresponding actions is dead. It won't help you, it won't help you one iota. You're supposed to have corresponding actions. The number one corresponding action of your, of your faith is your words. But that's not the only one. And we're going to get into these kinds of things. But what God was saying to me is, Daniel, if you have faith in my power, then why aren't you demonstrating it more? Why aren't you stepping out and demonstrating it more? Faith believes what God has said in his word about his power. And once you see in the Bible what I'm talking about, if it doesn't rock your world, I'm t oh, glory to God. How many, kind of getting off and I don't want to get off to preach it again, but how many seriously want to be able to be used by, used by God to do miracles? I'm not just talking about praying for somebody with a headache. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about miracles. Person in a, in a wheelchair. God says, I want you to go pray for that person. And you, and you go over there and you just say, God told me to do this. You better be led by the Spirit. But if God told me to do this. They grab that person by the hand, and you raise them up, and they're whole, healed. Can that happen? Do you want God to use you to do that? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And number two has to do with Him. Yep, you got up too soon there, buddy. You're preaching next week. Next Sunday. Hey, I gave him a whole week, right? So um, the Lord told me to do that. And then, of course, I'll be preaching on Easter. Um, guys, my heart is, is that we're all catching this. God wants every one of us. He is El Shaddai. He is the God who is more than enough. And as his children, that's where he wants us living in the land of more than enough. Not at the, the land of not enough. Not at the land of just enough, but in the land of more than enough. God wants us so blessed so we can continue to be a big blessing to those around us. I want to do this in a greater way than I've ever done it before. It is a process, but glory to God, I sense in my spirit, I'm on my way to bigger and bigger and bigger things. And I'm opening my family, me up to greater and greater and greater blessings. Because he knows if he can get it to me, he can get it through me. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads real quick? Nobody looking around. So, Father, we come now in Jesus' name. I rejoice in you, my Lord. Thank you for saving me, for laying down your life for me. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood. I'm so thankful that you took the judgment for my sins upon yourself. You paid the penalty for my sins when you went into the heart of the earth, when you died on that cross for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Now, with our eyes closed, nobody looking around, if there's anybody in this room and say, Pastor Dan, if I left the earth today, I don't know I'd go to be with Jesus. I don't know for certain that I'm born again. This isn't a time to be embarrassed. This is a time to just check your heart out. Look to your heart and ask yourself, do I know that I know when I leave the earth I'm going to be with him?
If you can't answer that honestly, I'm giving you that opportunity right now by the Spirit of the Lord. If I'm speaking to you, all I'm asking you to do, eyes are closed, just raise your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass anybody in here. You want to know that you know when you leave the earth you're going to be with Jesus. Just slide a hand up. Anybody in here say, that's me. Then I glory to God. I hope everybody's born again then. But maybe you say, Pastor Dan, I'm a Christian, but I haven't been living for God. I've been doing things my own way. I need to get right with the Lord. If I'm speaking to you on that occasion, if, you, if that's you and you need to get right with God, just slide a hand up. We're going to pray with you. I see that hand. Anyone else to say, that's me. I just need to get right with God. I've been doing things I know I shouldn't be doing. I need to come home to the Father's house. Anybody in here? Anybody in here? Just say, that's you. Again, I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not even going to call you up. I'm just going to pray for you. Anybody in here say, that's me. All right, I want everybody to look up at me then. One hand went up, so we're going to pray with this person. Nobody knows who it is but me. But I want all of us to pray this prayer together. All right? As a family, I want you to take your hand and slide it up to heaven and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have saved me. I believe in you, Jesus. You died on the cross for my sins. I am now a child of God. Heaven is my home. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me now for things I've been doing that I shouldn't be doing. I call upon the blood of Jesus, and I receive the cleansing of that precious blood. Over my life, in the name of Jesus, and Heavenly Father, I believe for your grace, your grace I need to live for you, not just today, but every day, sold out to Jesus. I thank you for these things now. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. One person raised their hand. That's enough to rejoice in. All of heaven rejoices. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Well, thank you.